We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome in to the NBA front office show. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane. Joined by Keith Smith at Keith Smith NBA. Late last night, we got some news that rocked the NBA trade market. That is where we will start the show today. RJ Barrett signing an extension with the Knicks. The way it was framed, Keith, was interesting. Woj reports the extension but then mentions how much it's complicating things with the Jazz trade. It was almost like rather than celebrating that R.J. Barrett earned this big contract, it was like R.J. Barrett got a contract and now we're sad. <laughs> it's so so. you and I have not talked about this other than, hey, this should be the lead topic of the show. Yeah. I was texting with some friends and I said at the time last night, I said, Man, this kind of sucks for RJ. He doesn't even get like the full like, yay, extension, way (laughs) to go. It was like RJ extended and now it's hard for the Knicks to trade for Donovan Mitchell. Right. Come on, man. Let the dude have his day. Like, (laughs) I feel a little bit bummed out for RJ. But um, let's start there. We'll give him his his moment to shine. He he has 120 million reasons to be excited. True, true. (laughs) I don't know what that works out to in Canadian dollars today, but, uh, you know, probably still quite a few right i'm sure he's doing just fine but yeah i i think it's i have seen a lot of 30 million a year for rj barrett uh being thrown around i think it is really really important to note 30 million is not 30 million is not 30 million the cap is going up think of it as a percentage of the cap we need to kind of reframe all of these contracts that are being signed in that new mindset because 30 million of a hundred million dollar cap, roughly 33% of it, that's a lot. Yeah. 30 million of a hundred and fifty million dollar, hundred and seventy, two hundred million dollar cap. Not you know, nearly you know what it seems like. And that's it's just gonna be sticker shock probably for it if we go back to what it looked like in what was it, 27, 16, 17, it's gonna be sticker shock for a couple of years of wait, how much? And then it kind of resets and we you can we go. still have bad deals though, even with the oh, cap going. I, I can attest to that. There could still oh, be yeah. bad, but yeah. you're right. We need Especially to when you sign two of them at midnight, yeah, yes. on the same day. Yeah. Yes, that's, yeah. that's and then that's pay not, for one of them years not ideal. In, down the line uh, we're going to talk about paying for uh-huh. a deal for years later uh, a little bit later in the show just because it's kind of a, a humorous um structure here but yeah i don't i so once we get past that yeah. i have no problem 
with this deal. I am super duper high on RJ Barrett. I think he's already a really good defender. I think he's a better playmaker than people realize. And I think in a, an offense where there's a little bit more structure, a little bit more balance, a little bit more creation for him, I think we see him be a better shooter um, as he was like two years ago. It looked like he was really you know, on his way. Um, I think there's a chance this guy's an all-star at some time in the next few years. If he is, then this deal is perfectly fine and no one's going to have any kind of problem with it. Well, let me ask. So with the cap going up, what's the exact projection expected to be at this? I don't know off the top of my head what it's projected to go to. Uh, hold on. Let me tell you. So we're at right now, next year's projection is $133 million, And right. the year after that's $143 million. Okay. Um, so is what what it looks like. So we're 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 going to be pushing 150 million cap. And the, I, I will say this too: we're at 123.6 this year. So those are very conservative projections. Right. Um, and then we're going to see a really rocket up new TV deal. When the new TV deal comes in. Yeah. So we're we're going to be uh, probably just shy of 200 million, and probably by the end of this Barrett deal, we'll probably be up over my guess is right around, if not over 200 million. So this could really, I mean, for the this could be a deal that for the first year or two you go, oh, it's an okay sure. value. But then when he's if he's becoming an all star in two years, like you're saying, it could suddenly look like a bargain mm-hmm. if as the cap goes up. So I think that's important in terms of framing the exact dollar amount of this yeah. of this deal. Um, let me ask: Is is R.J. Barrett better than Jalen Brunson because he just got paid more? Um, that's a good question. Different. Then Jalen Brunson, obviously. Um, I think the potential exists that he can be better. Um, there's just there's always a ceiling on small guards like Jalen Brunson is to what they can be. I also had no problem with Jalen Brunson's contract. I know there was a lot of screaming and yelling about 26 million a year for Brunson. The Knicks, as they have done uh, under this current front office regime, structured it very smartly. It declines um, year to year. So it's a really, you know, solid value contract um, all the way through for Brunson. So I don't have any, you know, um, real issue with that one either. Plus that $26 million puts him about mid of the uh, top 30 paid starting point guards too. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, if you, like, I think Jalen Brunson can be the top 15 point guard in the league. So really have no, no major issue. But yeah, I think Barrett has the, let's put it this way for me, has the potential to be better than Jalen Brunson and probably has the potential to be much, much better than Jalen Brunson only because we prize um, wings with size so much in the league right now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that is a a key here when we're looking at this, but um, wings tend to just get paid more. And and that's, you know, this plus look, he averaged 20 and six last year, 26 Mm -hmm. and three. What was what you got out of RJ Barrett last year? I mean, that's very messy team. That's right. You know, I mean, that's that's why this is not this isn't a bad deal. No. Barely 22 years old. I think this is going to look really good for the future. But let's talk bigger context here. Why the, um, people were reacting to this, not because, oh, my gosh, R.J. Barrett got an extension, but it was, oh, my gosh, what does this mean for the Donovan Mitchell <laughs> trade? Because sure. and, and this was I had a lot of people reach out instantly and say, oh, then he's not trade eligible for for a period of time. No, that's not. It's not a new signing. It's an extension. Mm-hmm. So he's trade eligible. But the problem is the poison pill provision. And this, it goes back to the NBA not really, trying to incentivize stars to stay with their incumbent teams, right? Mm-hmm. This, is, this is why this, this rule exists, to try to get 
players to stick with their current teams. And we hit an era where a lot of players were the, the NBA gave the incumbent team a lot of advantages in terms of re-signing their own guy, be able to offer more money, offer more years, offer a higher percentage and raises, things of that nature, right? That's what we saw them do. But then we saw players say, well, cool. I'm going to ask for a sign and trade then. I'm going to get all that stuff. I'm going to get the more years. I'm going to get the higher percentage on my, on my raises year to year. And I'm going to ask for a trade. That way I'm going to go where I want to go. And I'm going to get the money that I want. I'm not going to have to take that sacrifice. Well, the NBA didn't want that. So they created the whole thing where you get hard capped if a player gets signed and traded. And in that situation, you try to yeah, shut that you down. You can't get more in a sign and trade than you can get by signing outright anymore. Correct. Yeah. Yep. So yep. they they tried to close these loopholes. The poison pill provision is kind of part of that where they're trying to stop a player who's on a rookie contract from asking for a sign and trade in an extension rather than running the risk of, because look, just signing the qualifying offer and then getting to free agency, that's a path you very rarely see successful mm -hmm. rookie play or young players take at the end of their rookie deals. Maybe but Colin Sexton, we'll see. <laughs> could be. We'll see what happens there, but it's very rare. So the NBA tried to incentivize players to stay or tried to restrict players from trying to create a sign and trade at the conclusion of their rookie contract by creating the poison pill provision, which long and story to be short, fair. Yeah. teams as well they don't want teams correct signing these guys to these extensions and then immediately turning around and saying hey now we've got rj barrett inked long term trade for him now while he only makes 10 million a year right like, you know so yeah they don't want that either so essentially what it means is that for the team let's say the knicks and jazz decided to trade rj barrett anyway they decided we're still going to figure out a way to work out this deal well now the jazz have to take rj barrett at all of the years that he's got under contract now, right? So the next, what, five seasons under contract, yep. they have to count him as the average value of all of those years as his incoming salary for salary matching purposes, whereas the Knicks count him as this year's salary, which is, I believe, just shy of $11 million. So Yep, 10.9, you're right on. Trying to get the money to work when one team has to view R.J. Barrett as about 27, just under $27 million in salary, and the other team, has to view him as 10.9 million. That's really, really difficult to try to work a deal out under the parameters of the CBA and actually making a, a trade legal. So now it becomes very difficult for RJ Barrett to be included in any kind of a Jazz Knicks deal. And that's where we sit. And that's why this was such a big deal last night. Man, I, I'm a proud Jedi of my one <laughs> learner here. I am a, I couldn't be happier, man. You you carried the heavy lifting the whole way through 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 that. I I did, it. I'll admit, I I had I had some experience via Kyle Kuzma <laughs> sure. with this, with this yeah. situation, but yeah. uh I, I may have looked a few things up. <laughs> hey, do I look stuff up every day just to make sure to to refresh myself, especially when it comes to extensions, because extensions are one of the more complicated things um in the NBA straight new contracts those are pretty cut and dry and i can usually uh you'll remember all the rules but with extensions but yeah you're absolutely right now what becomes interesting with this part with the the supposed donovan mitchell um they, i i wish i could remember who wrote the tweet because it was really funny but it was the tweet went the the nick said hey we don't want to trade rj barrett and the jazz said cool we don't want rj barrett <laughs> and then nick said hey we're gonna sign him to an extension make it hard yeah, that's fine. We don't want R.J. Barrett. We've never wanted R.J. Barrett. Then the Knicks said, R.J. Barrett signed to an extension. Now it's going to make it hard to do a Donovan Mitchell trade. And it's kind of funny because it's probably there's some truth there. We've been hearing for weeks, if not 
months now that the Jazz aren't really thrilled with the idea of R.J. Barrett. We've also heard they don't necessarily love the idea of idea of Tyler Hero because it turns into we just got to turn around and pay these guys. Yep. And what they're trying to do is reset their their books fully as well as lose a lot um and get a good draft pick along with bringing in a million other draft picks. And like we talked in the last episode, guys like Taylor Horton Tucker, who, you know, hey, let's give them minutes, see if they pop, become something. So, in this case, I don't think this changes anything at all, because I don't think R.J. Barrett was ever going to be a part of a trade. Um, anyway, I, I maybe he could have been. But I don't we think heard, there were a few rumblings that the sure. Jazz might have some, but that could have very well been coming from the New York side. Absolutely, yep. But there well, were a few things. I, I think, can the Knicks still get there? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They, they've got to get to, uh, you know, Mitchell makes you. Know, I believe it's. Let me look it up rather than guessing. Um, but I think it's just over thirty million. Um, it is, let me get there. Yep. 30.3 million, 30.4 million, right, right in that range. So you only got to get to, you know, about 24 million in salary matching. Well, presumably, and I've assumed this all along, Evan Fournier's 18 million was going to be a part of a trade. Um, especially if Barrett isn't involved. So then that leaves, all right, well, you got Fournier. And then you're going to do at least probably a couple of the kids out of the Quentin Grimes, Emmanuel Quickly, Obi Toppin group. And you're basically there. Once you add in those guys, you might have to throw in one more player uh, to get their salary matching wise. And then there it is. That's if it's just New York and Utah. They can still get there with relative ease. Now, is it ideal for the Knicks, or excuse me, the Jazz to take on Evan Fournier? No, not really, right? We just said. They want to clear the books and rebuild around kids in a very clean cap sheet. And that's where, as the roads often do, they lead back to your L.A. Lakers. Um, where it could be a three-team trade. If you guys have watched the show, listened to the show, I know Trevor knows this. I don't like speculating about more than two-team trades very often because a two-team trade is hard enough to make work. You start adding in three- and four-team trades – I wish trade machines wouldn't even allow it. Uh, we both probably get at the peak of trade period, what hundreds of screenshots in our mentions. Oh, daily. nonstop. It's uh, nonstop. That that's been my summer case. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> has been yeah, trade right of, screenshots. You know, hey, look at this, you know, 22 team trade. I dreamed up where, <laughs> you know, both team, you know, all 22 teams trade, you know, at least 10 players. And it's like, dude, this is to, you know, put the video games down and do something productive. <laughs> But this is the rare case where I think a three-team trade may make a awful lot of sense. The Jazz don't want any any money, my guess is, past this year, unless that player is super-duper young, like they took on with Taylor Horton Tucker, like they would with the kids from the Knicks. Right. So ideally what they would do is, how this construction would look, is the easy part is Donovan Mitchell to the Knicks. They, the next part gets a little more complicated because it looks like the Jazz would get pieces from both New York and LA. Uh, there's rumors, a lot of reporting out there that they want both of those uh, future Lakers picks, 2027 and 2029. They would then send likely Evan Fournier. And then probably my guess is some what whatever the Lakers prefer of the jazz veterans. So Boyan Bogdanovich, Mike Conley, Jordan Clarkson, Rudy Gay. You know, kind of probably pick two and they're good. They're yours. And then the Jazz would take in kids from the Knicks, 
picks from both the Knicks and the Lakers, as well as Russell Westbrook's contract. My guess is Westbrook would never play a game in Utah, probably wouldn't even report officially, would be bought out, and he'd move on to whatever is next. And this is the rare time where I think in a three-team trade construction, it becomes a win-win-win because the Knicks get their guy in Mitchell, the Jazz get all the stuff they want anyway without taking on money past this year. And, you know, reinforcements, rotation upgrades, depth pieces. And I think for the Lakers, I'm very curious to get your thoughts on this. I've seen a lot of people saying, no, don't do that. Do the, the Indiana trade. I think what the Lakers need more than a big and another guard, I think they need wings with size. I think that is the single biggest hole that team has on their roster, and I think that's what Fournier and Bogdanovich, who I'm guessing would go, would give them. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I agree that they need wings. If I'm the Lakers, I wouldn't be willing to do both first for Fournier okay. and Bogdanovich. The, the value to me just isn't there. Those players aren't That's fair. that. Um, but but I think in a, like if it was a first and a couple of seconds or something, okay, I could probably get there. Because sure. the problem with, with the Lakers, once you do both first, you're done. You're yeah. stuck. And I, so I don't look at Fournier and Bogdanovich and say, that's enough upside. Well, are you, though? Because well, now you're, you'd have you're not done Fournier, like next Bogdanovich, summer. Beverly, but you'd have all those guys as you could put them together, and that's thirty sure. plus million in salary matching in a trade. But yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Your right. your future and young asset pack pool is gone. He's gone, right? Point. And yeah. so, but I but I do agree that I'm more of this of the mindset of you need wings, particularly on a team with LeBron, who's going to handle the ball a lot anyway, and and all of that, but. Um, but I also understand Buddy Heald and Miles Turner. That's sexier. Like, let's say a guy, sure. guy who blocks a bunch of shots and guy who, who shoots a bunch of threes, that's sexier than we're going to get a couple of solid wings who can, who mm-hmm. can score the ball a little bit. And, you know, I mean, that's, that's kind of yeah. what, you, what you see there from Lakers fans' reactions. But that Would, being said, no, I think on, the, I the basic framework. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Question. Would you do Russ in the two first for Turner and Heald? I still probably wouldn't because okay. I don't know that that's putting you. I, I think the Lakers might be in a spot where they find themselves having to, but just from a value perspective, I don't know if I'd go that far. Okay. I, I would have done it for Kyrie for sure. Sure. But yeah, I mean, that's a, yeah, to yeah. Me, that's a no brainer. Cause, cause you also with Kyrie, you assume he resigns and you're right. That becomes a, you know, minimum of like a three or four year relationship moving down, down the line. 
they may find themselves in a spot where they just where the uh, the option is either both firsts or they're bringing Russ back and they wind yeah. up just doing it just to say, look, we don't you know we don't want to go down this road again. But just from a value perspective, it's like it's close. But my whole thing, I don't want to get into a full Lakers monologue, sure, here, yeah. but but my whole thing is we've seen for the majority of Rob Palenka's tenure, we've seen the Lakers lose trades by by just a little bit where they've given up probably just a little bit more than they should in each deal in order to get a deal done. And that along with a lot of other things has really started to add up. And I don't think they can really lose trades anymore. I I guess for me, and I'm coming from this, from the standpoint of, I have no investment in the Lakers beyond the immediate, right? I only really care about what's what are they looking like right now? Right. And I don't particularly care if they mortgage the future. I look at it as, you have LeBron and AD. If you're trying to win a title, do everything you can and go win that championship right now. Now, where I think it falls short is, I don't know that either of those packages, the that's, one for the role players or the Pacers package, I don't know that that lifts. I don't know how far that even lifts them just because the West is so good and so it deep. It is. Like, like you, could, you could make either one of those trades and I could still see the Lakers in the play-in. Like, I just, you know, and that's not even a, me being you know that's how the west is so good not the lakers are so terrible yeah Yeah. the west is so good i think they probably get a top six team out of it but you're also talking about you know where are we at with lebron and ad how many games are they each going to play and those kind of things because all the rest of it to some extent it's a little bit irrelevant right If if they if they combine for you know 80 games between the two of them the season's going to be bad. I don't care what you did. It's just not going to work. You're not going to be a very good team. They combine to play in 120 to 130 games. You're probably okay. You know, but you still want to have that depth, um, you know, behind the two guys. So that's, you know, it's, it, it, it is interesting. I, I still tend to think something is going to happen here. Um, but yeah, I'll be very curious to see. And the last thing I'll say on this too is, I very much believe that in a rust deal, you're basically trading one first for whatever you're getting. And the right. other first is to incent the team to eat um, Russ's contract, whether it be and, the Pacers, the jazz or some mystery team we haven't talked about yet. And that's the way if like, if I'm the Pacers, if I'm the jazz, if I'm whoever, I, that's the way I have to view it. Mm-hmm. If I'm the Lakers, I can't look at it that way. Sure. Because of what it means. Because if the Lakers had other firsts that they can move, then you can have that mindset. But you've got it like this has got to be a home run move because it's this, and and then you could be kind of stuck for a bit. So and and that might and that might just mean there's no deal to be had. That's that's possible. So what, we'll we'll see what does, happens. Do you think? And I know you know I I know how painful it was for you to go oh, through yeah. last season. It's brutal. Do you think if you hit let's say? December 1st, right? We're, we're a couple weeks out from trade season opening because December 15th is when the vast majority of the guys who signed over the summer can be moved. And let's say, I don't know how many games they'll play, but let's say they're three games under 500 or they're like, it's just like, man, this is not, it's better, but it isn't that much better than last year. Do you think it, this is such a hard question because I want to ask you to remove the whole like I don't want to go through this again <laughs> right from it. But do you think that changes at all? Then do you think then it no. becomes mm-hmm. yeah, move them, move both picks, yes. get what we got to get, we got to go. Uh-huh. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Because otherwise, right now it's let's see, 
Right. And then, okay. Be- because you're at that point, you're removing, because there's still as unlikely it is as it is, there's still the possibility that, Hey, new head coach, better rapport with Russ. Maybe they figure out a way to turn him into a $47 million Bruce. And again, I don't think it's going to happen, but that's has to be a factor in their thinking mm-hmm. that maybe they can figure out something that cobbles together and works well. As soon as there's proof on the floor that it's simply not good. And that's, that's what I expect. I expect that it wouldn't work. But as soon as they know for sure, that changes the dynamic a little bit. But while that's still out there, that maybe there's there's a chance that a different head coach can get something to click to a different degree, you've got to at least add that a little bit into your decision-making process. Yeah, and I, and I think that's fair. I can't, I can't argue against that too strenuously. I, I tend to look at it as, I guess for me is I don't have any belief it's going to work. Yeah. So I would rather just move now and not sacrifice a month, month and a half, two months of the season. Um, just move, get this done, go um, really start training camp. You know, as odd as it sounds, start training camp fresh um, with these new guys. Now, you know, it, it's weird to be making big trades like this this late in the off season. Yeah. But it's just been a weird off season. Yeah. 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 It's a weird off season off the back of a, few weird off seasons right um but yeah i just it's yeah i, I don't I don't it, it's funny this one almost feels like i don't know that there's a really right answer but boy i feel like there might be a few wrong ones for sure uh, in, in there which is tough i mean but that's you know that's kind of the position you they, they've been put in i guess you know that but regardless this was uh you know this this added a little bit extra spice to it i will say this i'll finish with this mm-hmm. i think the Barrett extension makes the three-team trade possibility far more likely than Barrett not signing an extension simply because now he's out of the mix. He's not going to be in any straight deal to Utah. Yeah. And now I think you you have it more likely where, all right, maybe we can make this three-team uh, kind of thing work. I've seen some people try to shoehorn the Pacers in there, and I'm like, it doesn't rarely does it make sense to have two rebuilding you can't just combine rumors yeah. yeah right like it's it'd be funny if like it was like all right we'll take 20 million of russ's deal you take 20 million of russ's deal and off we go unfortunately it doesn't work out that way you can't do that it's it's like when you're at the at the buffet right and you're and you're you're getting all the toppings for your salad and sure. your stuff and you're just like hey there's croutons that's great hey there's bacon over there that's great too let's throw it all together and that's what fans start to do when they start you to assemble things kind of in the trade i like Bacon <laughs> I, I could probably skip the lettuce, skip the rest of the vegetables, and just that's, throw that's some nice. dressing in a bowl with bacons and bacon, ba- and, croutons. bacon and croutons. Yeah, bacon perfect. and crouton soup yeah. made out of dressing yeah, that's... With, with a bunch of like a big, thick, heavy ranch dressing. Let's go. Oh, gosh, <laughs> that's why I look the way I do. <laughs> All right, let's let's uh, finally, uh, Donovan Mitchell is he in New York at the start of the year? I think so. I, I'm going to continue to to think so. Yeah, I, I I think I think we're almost too far down the road, and it just doesn't make sense for the Jazz. Like, you, well, what are you going to bring them back for? All you're right. going to do if you bring him and all those veterans back is win games you don't want to win. Yeah. Um, the, this season they clearly want to be awful. Like, I I, th- I think they would be very happy if they were you know a 15 win team next year with an extremely bright future with young players and a whole bunch of draft picks and, you know, uh, it flattened the odds, but, you know, equal top odds to get uh, Victor Wambanyama. All right, let's move on. Uh, The Blazers, you want to talk a little bit about waving and stretching. They waved Didi Luzada. 
and uh, they stretched it. You think you you told me before? I didn't know this. They told me this point. They stretched it for seven years. Seven years, yeah. So this is pretty rare, and this is by no means one of those things where, holy crap, the league has changed, right? Like this is this is not that. Um, but what Portland did, it's just it's a right part of the show is talking about salary cap and uh, minutia and those kind of things. So what they did was they used, because Luzada had a fully guaranteed contract for this year, um, about 1.8 million or so. And then he had two non-guaranteed years. What can happen up through August 31st is you can take the contract and stretch it over two times the number of years left. So in this case, three years plus one year. So that's how you get to the seven years. So what they did was they took on seven years of uh, of cap hits, dead money cap hits of about, let's just call it $268,000 per season. Um, that got them completely under the luxury tax line. Now, they're, they're, yep, their roster is pretty well finished out. Um, they're probably not doing much more as far as adding guys. They've got uh, players under contract. They've got some guys that they're bringing to camp, but they're probably more fighting for that second two-way spot, which reminder, those don't count against uh, the, the salary cap. So that's where it'll be. And, and what you want to do is if when you get that close, figure it away. Seven years. Sure. It's a very, very long time. Um, pretty rare that we see a stretch that quite that long. Um, but that that's you know kind of a smart move. This is a team too, no stranger to long wave and stretch. Andrew Nicholson was stretched over. It was either five or seven years um, when they had him blast from the past. Andrew Nicholson, shout out uh, Orlando Magic fans who believed he was <laughs> going to be an All Star at one point. Um, Eric Bledsoe stretched just this off season uh, for a few years. So um, so that that's how you wave and stretch it out. Now, had they waited till September first, you can only stretch. You can't stretch the current year's salary any longer. You can only stretch over what's in the future. So that would have been a five-year stretch. Would not have gotten him out of the tax. So here we are. Uh, done yesterday, waived and stretched. Now, if he is claimed, I don't think he will be. Um, but if he was claimed off waivers, uh, that all completely goes away off of Portland's books. His contract goes back to hole again on the books for whoever the new team is. But, you know, long, long, long. Uh, Seven year wave and stretch. We'll we'll see if you and I, seven years from now, are having a conversation about how two hundred and sixty-eight thousand dollars is preventing Portland from doing X, Y, and Z <laughs> once upon a time, like we did with you know Lou all day. Lou all day. No, this this dollar amount is so low, like you're not even gonna feel the sting from yeah. this yeah. in the coming years. And if you're remember, if you're below the luxury tax line, that means not only do you not have to pay the tax, but you get some of that tax disbursement, mm -hmm. and you've got some teams that are like way over the i mean yeah. you know, the, the lakers the nets sure but i mean also the warriors the clippers are way over Celtics, the cap so that's yeah so you're i mean you're sacrificing a tiny little sliver of, of cap space each year or, or flexibility each year for millions 16 right? I mean, million right now is what it projects to and that's today and we know some of those teams will take yeah. more money as the season goes along you do that all day every yep. day this is a this is a no-brainer yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's it, yeah, absolutely. You know, one hundred percent. You you do this. It's also important to, to keep in mind, Portland is at least semi up for sale. Um, we we don't know what's going on with that, and it would be nice to tell a new ownership group potentially, hey, we're out of the tax, and not only that, but you're going to get a bonus check right. if you stay out of the tax. Now, to be fair, just to 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 make sure we're we're covering it, they're barely out of the tax, so. If anything goes sideways roster wise, they're going to have probably a couple more moves to make. But 
when you have Indiana and San Antonio sitting on 30 million each in cap space, yeah, if you need to dump five or six million in salary, those guys will be waiting with open arms as long as you give them a second round pick or two. Beat us your picks. Yep. Exactly. Yep. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Don- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. All right, let's move on. Uh, not a major move here, but I am not one to pass up an opportunity for a Svi Mikhailuk pun. So woe is Svi. Svi Mikhailuk, well, waived by the Toronto Raptors, apparently wanted out, uh, looking for opportunities elsewhere. Uh, shot really well with the Detroit Pistons right after the Lakers traded him. Didn't shoot that well since then, and he is. That's his primary skill set is as a shooter. We'll see where he winds up again. Pretty minor, but uh, I I wanted to squeeze in a Svee pun, particularly because that's my guy. So, yeah. Lakers yeah, Summer I, League legend Svee McCoy. Yes, yes I, I very much remember you and uh, several of your uh, uh, probably Resident. still, but at least former uh, Lakers Nation cohorts being very excited about Svee uh, yeah. once upon a time. I My guess is he probably ends up in the G League, tears it up in the G League, and then he's a pretty early call-up. Uh, for some team that needs shooting. It's just, he seems like the kind of guy who classic, if this was baseball for a guy dominating the minors, not quite good enough to cut it in the majors. And his big thing for V is he's really a one skill player. So if he's not hitting, you know, 40% from three, you can't really play him because he's, he can't really do anything else. Yes. We, we have moved on now to the amazing Swider man himself. Cole Swider. <laughs> nice. Nice. All right, Man, last you guys keep giving the superhero nicknames to 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 the two way players. We've been yeah, we've been it. putting in some effort here, trying trying to Amazing you know any players. anything to lighten the mood around around Lakers Nation after last season, and Perfect. we uh, we need that. Um, all right, let's let's finish with this. Uh, I should not have made this last because I hate finishing on a down note here. But uh, Chet Holmgren out for the season officially had surgery uh, today. Uh, Liz Frank injury and man. This is a bummer. Keith, you know what I, I really hate, though, too, is the people that are saying, you know, players can't play in pro-am games anymore. Or sure. this is this is why, you know, you can't scrimmage in the offseason. You can't do any of this stuff. Look, players are playing no matter what, right? They're going to play, whether it's in a pickup game, whether it's wherever. I mean, we know Boogie Cousins got hurt in a, in a pickup game a few years ago. Mike Thompson. Like, yeah, they're, but they're going to be playing regardless. They're not sitting on their couch in bubble wrap all, all summer or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I don't look at this as, oh my gosh, players just simply shouldn't play in these pickup games or anything else anymore. I think this was just an unfortunate thing that happened. And it really is terrible because he was so exciting in summer league. I was so thrilled to watch him play this year and see all the things that he could do. Um, I mean, this, this takes some of the, some of the fun out of, out of the season. 
Yeah, we felt like the Thunder were maybe turning the corner, right, and starting to build back up. And now this is probably one more year of of staying down. And, you know, if it comes out with another really great draft pick, then, you know, maybe it's all worth it. But uh, for now, yeah, it's a bummer. I I had a uh, little bit of a interaction run in with Eddie Johnson, um, you know, former NBA player on Twitter. He, he didn't like one of my tweets where I said, I think we're going to see some players pull out of pro-ams for the rest of the summer. Maybe. And I was very clear. I said, maybe involuntarily. So I don't think the players want to pull out, but I think you might see some teams lean on. Hey, do you need to go and play? Here's my only issues with pro-ams. I don't like how crowded they let those gyms get quite sure. often. These are high school gyms or small college gymnasiums. You think of the Paul the- George. Yep, that's it. The crowded baseline. A million people on the baseline. I don't like. It's just not safe. Um, I also very, very, you know, I think I've been pretty clear about this, but I'll repeat it because it's worth repeating. I don't like how crowded the baselines are in a, on a real NBA game. Yeah. I want everybody pushed back. You know, push, push, push the photographers back, push everybody back. These cameras are so good right now. If I could take a great picture from 100 feet away with my iPhone, I don't need to be sitting underneath the basket yeah. to take one. And, and, that's no knock on the photographers who do an incredible job and the TV people, but I think we've got the technology that can be a little bit further back. If you can zoom in on Rob Palenka and Sean Marks in the tunnel from across the arena, exactly, you can probably do it without make it happen just fine. Yeah. So, but anyway, um, by no means was that suggestion suggesting, um, which Eddie completely missed the point of, and then continued to argue something I, we thought we had agreed on, but whatever. Um, that's what he does. Um, there were no players. Like you said, players are going to play somewhere. These guys play way more intense private pickup runs than they do in these pro-ams. These pro-ams are glorified all-star games. It's, you know, go out there, you know, uh, take a hundred dribbles and a, you know, step back jump shot and, you know, see where it goes. Jason Tatum played in the same pro-am. So did LeBron. Uh, so did several others. Nobody else got hurt. It wasn't because the gym floor was wet. It wasn't because Chet Holmgren is too skinny. It wasn't because LeBron plowed right through him. None of that stuff. He stepped wrong and he broke his foot. It yeah. happens. It sucks. And it happens. Nobody should be making any sweeping declarations. I just know several teams. I would prefer the guys didn't play in those because of safety issues. As far as, you know, they, they let the gyms get too crowded. You do occasionally get somebody in there. Who's like, I'm just as good as these NBA guys. And they, you know, maybe play and they really go out. Yeah. Um, you know, and those kind of things. Um, but Danilo Gallinari tours meniscus playing for Italy. Um, in a World Cup qualifier, was set to play in Eurobasket. It happens, right? We've, we've we've seen some guys get injured and and have to drop out, you know, of these international competitions. These guys are they, you know, breaking news. Basketball players play basketball. It's you know, what? shocking, you know, right? To to some, but yeah, I mean, these guys are going somewhere, so it's uh, it's not going to change. This one was just very public, and a million people saw it happen. So it is what it is. All right, I think that wraps things up yeah. for today. Appreciate everybody for joining us. Make sure you do subscribe to the NBA Front Office Show on YouTube. If you're over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, make sure you do give us a rating and review. Check out our Clips channel as well. I'll put a link in the description. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. 
Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.